0: Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and as people make throughout our lives. If you'd like to see more of my work and keep up to date with all things Making Lemonade, please follow me on Instagram at jordanmorpethart or go to my website, www.jordanmorpethart.com. Com. You can also join our Discord community and be part of the conversation around this week's episode and creativity and philosophy in general. The link for the public invite is in the episode notes below. This week, we are talking about self-importance as a creative. Uh, not sure what that means? Well, let's just get into it, eh? Blah! What makes us self-important? Is it because we have families, lives of of our own? Is it because we have been fed the beauty of individualism by the commercial world, so as to make us feel like buying a product makes us so individual and builds a part of our personality and individualism status? Is it because we all want to be different, however, at the same time, crave the feeling of belonging? This is a trait of human evolution that I've been tackling for a long time, and in my belief, this individualism, well, it's it's toxic. I choose not to tie myself down to any particular religious doctrine. However, the one I do lean more towards is Buddhism. As I believe in a universal one being, and that not unlike in Star Wars, there is a, well, force of nature or force of being that holds everything in the universe together. The scientist in me says it's probably the atom. So maybe in a way I worship the atom? However, in the Buddhist religion, they believe that this force that binds us is the source of great power. And the acceptance of this means the shedding of self-importance because then all of your decisions at a certain point must become about life itself and in the service of all life, not just one's own. This is a powerful thought, this is a powerful state of being, as it allows one to shed all selfish notions, and as Bill Wilson, co-founder of AA, had discovered back in the early 30s that for him to stay sober, he would have to help others stay sober. Therefore, for one to stay selfless, one must stay in service of others. This is why I myself sit down every morning to write this podcast. I am here writing my ideas and my thoughts around the philosophy of creativity for you to help not only myself to be free of my manic series of thoughts, but in the hopes that maybe just one person out there who is listening maybe help through some of what I have discovered and can work through your issues with self-importance or whatever the topic I may be talking about that week is. I felt alone for a very long time inside a lot of my issues and I hope that by me taking the time to podcast for you all that I can help you not feel the same as I did. I suppose the two questions I'm trying to answer with this podcast is why are we so inherently selfish and how do we reprogram our brains so as to stop being so selfish? Let's begin with the first question, eh? And break it down a little. Why are we so inherently selfish? In my studies, (laughs) in my studies, I've realized that basically selfishness comes from something that is believed to be innate within us and that is self-preservation. You're making this very difficult to podcast. Sorry, my daughter's on the podcast right now. She's pulling my headphones. Not sure what that means? Through a simple Google search, it is defined as 1. Preservation of oneself from destruction or harm 2. A natural or instinctive tendency to act so as to preserve one's own existence. Interesting, hey? Self-preservation is a behavior or behaviors that helps an organism to ensure survival. Self-preservation may also be interpreted figuratively in regard to the coping mechanism one needs to prevent emotional trauma from distorting the mind. Pain and fear often also characteristics of self-preservation. One of the more interesting traits of self-preservation is self-destructive behavior. So animals in a social group of kin often work cooperatively in order to survive but when one member perceives itself as a burden for an extended period of time it may commit self-destructive behavior sound familiar uh this is this allows its relatives to have a better chance at survival and if enough close relatives survive then its genes get indirectly passed on anyway wow This behavior works in the exact opposite direction of the survival instinct and could be considered a highly altruistic behavior evolved from a cooperative group. Self-destructive behavior is not the same as risk-taking behavior, although risk-taking behavior could turn into destructive behavior. This is interesting because I did not see a connection to this and the rest of the episodes I've done recently until I found this. I was simply just trying to air out something that was going on in my own brain and hoping that I would find an answer. And I did. Um, And a connection, obviously. As you know, I've been talking a lot lately about mental health. This has been interesting as my life has definitely been self-destructive in ways due to feeling a burden to my kin and has also been fraught with self-importance. As well, though, I've also been fraught with self-importance as well. Look, I never really thought of self-destructive behavior as, in a way, an innate survival instinct for the betterment of the group. Often, self-preservation can manifest itself in many ways, particularly socially. It can be things like lying, hoarding of resources, manipulating and cheating others. And, you know, it can manifest itself in many other negative ways. What's important to remember here is self-preservation. Almost more than greed drives others to chase more money. The interesting thing about self-preservation is that we have put laws in place for it to simply... For it, sorry simply for the survival of the species like seatbelt and road speeding limits, limit laws, um, online laws and stranger danger campaigns. We are all essentially just living our lives and everything we do as humans is for self-preservation. Let's break down the ego for a second. This is the first place that I believe one should start when beginning the shedding of one's self-importance. What is the ego? Again, I think we should first define it. In modern day, this is considered a person's sense of self-esteem and or self-importance. As Freud said, Conscious awareness resides in the ego, although not all of the operations of the ego are conscious. So therefore, one could say that a dog does not have an ego, for he has no self-importance or self-esteem. I believe you would be wrong in a sense, as a dog does indeed have self-importance. We just categorize it as survival instincts. I've been thinking a lot about this and what I define my ego lately. I think we all define our egos in a way or by the way that we were taught to whether directly or indirectly when we were brought up and the way we were brought up. Like for instance, a parent who tells their child they are worthless and put them down at every turn is taught how not to love themselves and will have severe self-esteem issues that can manifest in any number of ways. However, on the flip side, if you have a child who is told they can be anything they want as long as they dream it, well, that child might grow up entitled and not ready to take responsibility for their actions and think that they deserve more than the merit of their own actions. The ego seems a very fragile thing as it is easily mismolded in the early years of one's life and depending on the strength of it, it can be easily pierced in one's later years. In the West, we really don't like ourselves and many things can be blamed for this. We all have our own reasons for all of this, whether it be parents, teachers, kids, at school, growing up, etc. We have... We have not as a society been taught to be kind to ourselves. Why do you think there's such a large movement of meditation apps and self-medication is more prevalent than it's ever been? Why do you think kids are back to taking acid and DMT? Well, not just kids, everybody is... Well, not everybody. A lot of people are back to taking acid and DMT. We all want to find something more, this innate yearning inside ourselves. We want to unlock our potential for consciousness because we were never taught how to do it in the first place. In the Buddhist religion, religion is believed that we are all one universal being. We are all here to serve the universal purpose of life. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, this means death too. This means the shedding of the ego because if you're worried and concerned about your own mortality, that's your ego talking. That's your negative ego. That's your self, your self-important ego talking. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama says that there are two types of ego, one being the I, the one that seeks to manipulate others for the gain of the self. That's the one that we're talking about here, the self-important ego. The other type is one that desires with all its being, everything inside it, to seek to help others. We all have this built into us. We just don't all foster it, care for it, uh, bring it to fruition, give it life and strength this ego is often filled with compassion and unconditional love and gratitude this being he says is necessary for happiness and fulfillment in one's life the dalai lama teaches many things and one i like to learn about and take into my life is his and also Buddhism's teaching of letting go of the self via the ego. This helps one serve the greater purpose of the universe and become one with Nirvana, which is essentially, well, what Obi-Wan Kenobi did when Darth Vader quote-unquote struck him down. All real Star Wars fans know that Darth Vader didn't strike that no shit down. Obi-Wan became one with the force before Vader could. And he became more powerful than you could ever imagine, Darth. Obi-Wan can Anyway, the problem with all, with the all-powerful ego is that I can also make us the center. Sorry, it can also make us the center of our experience. And this can be skewed. This means we are not serving others, but oneself only and always. This is toxic. This is not what we're given life for. Now, how has this got to do anything with being creative? Well, it's got everything to do with being creative. We as creatives serve such a greater purpose. We must have a spiritual connection to something to do what we do. Whether it be the canvas, the paintbrush, the written word, or the camera, we all have a spiritual connection to something because without this, we have no passion We have no drive, we are simply creating for ourselves and when we are merely creating to serve the self, we are not servicing the audience who inevitably will be the ones who consume our creations and when we are not servicing the audience, then we are not reaching our full potential with our creations. We create beautiful things, we create for the world, we create to entertain, inspire and to help others feel when they think they they can no longer feel. I was once suffering from feelings of superiority. Until I began writing this podcast with the audience in mind, I began thinking, how can I help creatives? And this is how. By sharing the philosophies that I have come across and filtering them down so that all types of creatives can understand that which I am trying to hand on happiness is a state of being in which you do not want to be in any other state so let's create Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all so much. Um, this was meant to be a one-part episode, but when I began looking into this topic and writing it, I found that there was at least two episodes in it. So stay tuned for next week's episode, and we will be back with part two of self-importance and the creative ego. If you want any more information on my theories around self-importance or just want to join the conversation on this week's episode, please feel free to contact me on Instagram at Jordan Morpethart or join our Discord community. The Discord link is below in the episode notes. If you would like to support the podcast, please just take a screenshot of the episode and share it on your stories on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, or wherever you socialize on the World Wide Web. Also, you can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, thank you all again. I love you all so much. I have been your host, Jordan. And as always, guys, stay weird. That's the dog. This is the world. This is a world. I've been through a whole lot. Trial, tribulation, but I know God Satan wanna put me in a bow tie Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah As I look around me So many motherfuckers wanna tell me But me will never drown me In front of a dirty double mirror they found me And I love myself The world is a ghetto and of dickies I love myself But it can going Lift up your head and keep moving. Or let the paranoia haunt you. you Peace the fashion, police, I wear my heart On my sleeve, let the runway start You know the miserable, do love company What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this I love myself, the world is a ghetto Big guns and signs. I love myself, but they can do what they want whenever they want